Good morning. Good morning. Come on, good morning, church. All right, all right. You guys trekked out. They said there'd be nobody here today in the cold. I said, man, if this church is that weak, I'll shut it down. What do you mean? Hey, we get a little cold, we can't come to church. Amen. Come on. And and don't be offended. Those that are watching online, we love you. It's all good. It's all good. Be blessed. Be blessed. I got friends here all the way from Jersey. Can we? Can we? Two and threes is now open. So you can send the twos and threes where? To twos and threes to their room. So the wonderful twos and threes can get up and exit. Amen. So where were, I was embarrassing my friends. Yeah. So can everybody say good morning, Matt and Charlotte? Good morning, Matt and Charlotte. I won't point at them because they're embarrassed already enough. But anybody excited for the word this morning? Do you know that none of you surprised God by showing up today? Like God knew exactly that you would be here. Amen? And that he has a perfect in-season word for you. I believe that. Anybody believe that? Amen. And the one that's going to bring it to you is my incredible son-in-law. But you're welcome. Mr. Jake Cruz. That's one, two. Y'all can hear me okay? All right. They gave me this because last time I preached, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the mic high enough and you couldn't hear me. So I'm going to whisper. <laughs> see, if, see if they can I get me. It's all right. Some of you, you were waking up. Can I ask you guys to stand with me one more time? All right. Now, I like doing this because I feel like when we listen to the word, we got to pay attention. So I like making you stand when you read the word. It's not like a traditional thing. I'm sure they do that in other churches, but I like And I'm not going to have it on the screen. I'm not going to have you look for it. I will tell you what I'm reading. I'm reading Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. What I want you to do is just close your eyes and just meditate on, the, on, this, on this scripture. Amen? In Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14, it says, This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Father God, this morning, speak to us, Lord. Let us comprehend every single thing you want to say this morning. Lord, shut my mouth, shut my mind, and you speak. Let nothing of me come through me this morning. This morning, Father God, let all of you, in Jesus' name we pray, prepare our hearts to receive. Amen. You may be seated. See, they already kicked this off. All right, I'm going to try to hold the mic up the whole time. God bless you guys. You know, uh, well, first of all, I, I don't really like calling it Valentine's Day, but happy love day, everybody. Amen. 
All right. This is the day that the world has uh, kind of made some of us feel kind of crappy, right? If y'all ain't got supposed loved ones, right? Or, or this is the day that you feel obligated if you have a loved one and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to buy you, but it feels like, and it's on a Sunday, you know, we're going to go to church. I don't got the swag, right? That I normally have. I get it. So being that today is, is Valentine's Day and it's about love, I thought it'd be fitting to um, name, and I normally don't talk about sermon titles, I'm not that kind of guy, but I wanted to title this sermon Real Love. Can, DJ, can you kick it for me? So what happened was, um, I bet you, I, I will bet you all the money in the world, you cannot get that song out of your head for the rest of the day now. DJ, one more time, please. All right. I promise that might be, might be the last time I play it. It's so funny. It's, a, it's an awesome track. But you see, I was reading Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14. And one of the things that frustrated me when reading that is because, you know, a lot of times, that's a pretty popular verse. You guys have heard it before, right? That I have the plans for you and I'm, I have plans to bless you and whatever, whatever. But we only read that part. Now, if you're like me on a Monday sometimes, maybe on a Wednesday, you do the Google and you go, Google, I need encouraging verses today, right? And that verse comes up and they pluck it out of something that's very serious around it. And they only say, verse, what is it, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are good. They're not for disaster. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. But that's not it. You see, they don't read the beginning of that. They don't tell you the context. They don't read verse 10 that says, you're going to be in Babylon for 70 years. Look, I don't know about you guys. I'm kind of chunky, right? 70 years? I don't know if I got that. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Medically, statistically, I might not have it. 70 years is a long time to wait. They never, t they never read that part. It's very frustrating to me. And the thing is, you know why we don't read that part? You know why we pluck it? It's because we're the kind of people that we want to know the ending of things. Right. Like when I go to see, I'm a comedy guy. Like I love going to comedies. I'll sit through a two hour comedy. I don't care. But you put me through a 90 minute serious movie. And by minute 12, I'm going, just tell me what happens. I don't I really don't care. I don't care enough to know what Tom Cruise is going to do to fall in love with the girl that obviously he's going to fall in love with. OK. And see, if you're like my wife and I don't mean to put her out there. Happy Valentine's Day, baby. Um, <laughs> if you're like my wife, my wife sits next to me and I, I think. Here's what I think. I think I just figured it out, Mama. I think she thinks that I wrote and directed every movie and show that we ever watched together. Do you guys have that? She refuses to, uh, to believe that I don't know what's going to happen next. So she'll go, baby, why did he say that? I'll be like, Mom, Mama, I've been watching this movie literally the exact same amount of time that you have. I have not previewed it. I don't know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I did not write or direct this movie and I have no stock in it, and that's why we're sitting here on this couch watching that TV and not in the mansion, right? I don't have that future be ability. So we want to know the ending very quickly. Why, don't we, why do we want to know the ending? Because we don't want to go through the drama that comes with to finally find the ending. Damn, that's it. 
Amen. Bow your heads. Um, and the reality is, is that we, we, we want to we know now. We're a very, very, very now kind of, kind of uh, people in society. We want to know exactly what's going on. I want to know the ending of, of all this drama that's happening. See, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that I, I worry a lot. Anybody, can anybody relate? And the thing is, you would look at me, and, and you probably wouldn't know that, but underneath, I'm a worry wart. Can I admit that to you today? I tend to have a lot of issues with uh, keeping faith. I'll be honest with you. I preach faith, but I have a hard time believing. Okay? Anyone know who Deacon Margie is? I'm going to embarrass somebody else today. You guys know who Deacon Margie is? Deacon Margie is Pastor Ephraim's wife, right? Um, if you know her, even the littles, the slightest, you know that she's the most sweetest, most amazing, most hilarious woman you will ever meet. Okay? She's hilarious. What you, did, what you probably don't know, and it's going to surprise you guys, is that Deacon Margie is my aunt. Oh. In Spanish, it's Titi. I don't know if you know that. I'm teaching you guys something today. Listen. You'll learn. She's my Titi, which if you're doing the math, that does make Ephraim, Pastor Ephraim, my uncle, technically, through marriage. Oh. Very interesting, see? You learn something. Now, Margie and I, we were about 10 years apart, and we grew up more like brother and sister as opposed to aunt and nephew, right? And so we have a lot of similarities in our upbringing. So if you know Margie really well, you know that, yes, she's sweet, yes, she's amazing, but Margie could be a little bit of a worry wart, you know? She could really stress out for certain things. And the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. I grew up in the same household, the same style, and I stress out. I'll admit it to you, to physical illness. Ask my Aunt Margie, we get sick, we get toothaches, headaches, we got to carry pills. It just drives us insane how much we worry. Finances, spouses, our children, our homes, our, our future, our status, what kind of car we have. It's not about what kind of car we have. Is it going to break down? Is it going to start when I go in this two-degree weather? Degree, not S, degree. Is it going to start? We worry about those things, right? I do. And the reality is, is that we can't help it. We don't know the future. And I have to confess something to you. Can I, can I make a confession today? Not only do I have a worrying problem, but I stress so much sometimes. And this is why I'm confessing it, because I believe God has been bringing it to my attention over and over because he wants me to work on it. Side note, if you see something coming at you every, every day, something personal that you're trying to hide, it's because God wants you to face that. Amen? So every single day I'm facing this thing, I tend to sweep things under the rug a little bit. And sometimes I sweep it and call it faith and say, God will take care of that. So I do. I confess that to you this morning. And the reality is I do, have, I do try that, and I, and I do try to trust in God in everything that I do. But there's just some things that we can't control. If a weatherman came to you and said, tomorrow's a snowstorm, can you stop that snowstorm from coming? Can you stop the flakes from coming down? Can you stop the inches from piling up? We can't stop the storm, but sometimes we just got to get through it. I'm going to say that again. We can't stop the storm, but sometimes we just have to get through it. DJ, can you kick it one more time? 
The problem is we hear in this song, we love this song, we kicking it, yeah, real love. But we're not searching for a real love. We're searching for a convenient love. We're searching for a love that is cool for now. We're searching for that first two weeks, first two months relationship style love where the butterflies, that butterfly love. We're searching for that basic love. Side note, if you're single today, if you're a young, young person, you ain't married and you ain't found your loved one yet, stop searching for basic love. That's what you're going to get. I'm going to teach you about love this morning if you pay attention. Amen? Let's get back. I wasn't even... Let's get back to it. Sorry. We're so concerned with not wanting to go through our season that sometimes we miss out on the plans and the purpose that God has for us. You see, just as he told Jeremiah, if you read Jeremiah uh, chapter 1 verse 5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. We hear this preached over and over. We even read it to ourselves, yet we can't wrap our heads around the fact that God has promises for us. That he has a plan and a purpose for us. We stress and we worry so much. I'm going to talk about something else. I'm going to take you to another place in the Bible. I'm going to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And here's the thing. You probably hear me talk about David a lot because I'm kind of obsessed with David. I don't know what it is, but this season in my life, I've just been really obsessed with reading the early stages of his life. Because I can't get over the fact that, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'm very uh, interested in his life. When he messed up, when he didn't, all the things he accomplished. I feel like he's such a vital person in, in, the, in the scripture. And so I've been reading about Samuel, about David, and in 1 Samuel, it talks about, I'm going to read it to you. It's Samuel 17, verse 17. It says, one day Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of, the, of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. I'm going to skip to verse 20. It says, so David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. I'm going to stop there for a second. If I'm David, okay, and maybe you don't know too much about David before this, but before this, right, Samuel got a word from God, sent them out on a mission to find Jesse. Jesse is David's father, right? And said, you have a son that's going to be king, and I have to anoint that son, right? And he brings out all his masculine-looking, beautiful sons. Literally, the Bible says they were physically good-looking and impressive. And he said one after another, no, that's not him, that's not him. He said, you must have one more. And he goes, well, I got this younger, skinny one who's tending the sheep in the back, you know, doing all the grungy work. And he was like, well, bring him. Let's see what he looks like. As soon as he walks into the room, it's David. And he's like, yes, that's the one. He's the one, and he anoints him. We fast forward. Here's how I know that David, that nothing happened, you know, from after that anointing. Because it says here that David had to leave his sheep with somebody else. That means that after he was anointed, he had to go back into the field and keep tending sheep. He was told he was going to be king. He was, he was anointed. He was appointed. And he said, all right, but now you got to go back to where you were doing the dirty work. You're not done there yet. Now here's something that's worse. Here's, this is worse for me. Now my father says, come, come out of there and take this bread to your brothers. If I'm David, and this is not David. This is, this is the book of Jason, the mess up, right? I'm, I'm preaching from right now. 
this is me, my mind, I'm going, man, I don't want to take no bread to my brothers. I don't care. You're always looking out for my brothers. What about me? That's what I'm thinking about. And then I'm angry with God, maybe. Maybe I'm upset. Maybe I'm going, God, but you promised me. You put in front of my entire family. You, you blessed me. And you said I was going to be this and that. And you, and you made it clear to everyone. And you anointed me. And I had to go back into the, into, into the field and tend to the sheep. And now you're making me take bread to my brothers. What a weak mission you're putting me on right now, God. That's real. That's me. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe David was cool. Like, he was like, sure thing, Dad. And he said he left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. We read later on, I'm going I'm to paraphrase a little bit, that David eventually goes to check on, check on his brothers. And there's Philistines that they're battling against. And there's one in particular who's really annoying. And, and you guys know it. It's a very popular. And it's, his name is Goliath. And he's making challenges and he's bullying these people. And, and David's there like, but I ain't no punk. I'll fight this dude. That's pretty much what he said. I ain't no punk. I'll fight this dude. I'm going to punch him right in the neck, in the throat, not throat. He said throat. <laughs> Part one of how you knew David was pretty gangster because he said throat. In verse 48, Goliath moved closer to attack and David quickly ran to meet him. Here's a... <laughs> Here's a side note. Here's the, I want to talk to all the... Any gangsters in the room right now? Yeah, okay. All right. Some thugs. All right, I'm going to talk to you guys directly. If you out there trying to be gangster and you're like, you can't pump me out, and then you go attack somebody and they come at you like just as hard, you just stop, take a step back and be like, let me think about this for... Because pr I'm pretty sure that this little person I'm attacking got some kind of jujitsu... Uh, choke out, and I don't want to embarrass myself. Goliath didn't, didn't, he didn't know that. And so what happened was he reached out, and David was like, what? I don't care. It's part two of how you know he was a thug, right? Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, one, he hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sank in, and, the, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with one sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Here's part three of how you know David was a straight thug. This is where it gets graphic. It says David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword. And then David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Look at my face. That's, that's gangster. Like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what kind of sword it was. But I'm pretty sure it's not one. I don't know if back then it was sharp enough, right, to do one swell. One swoop and the head came off. He was probably like, we're all watching it like, oh, my God, David, you beat him. It's fine. He's like, no, 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 no. Let's go into the Bible. I have to do this. <laughs> it's like he knew. You know what I mean? <laughs> he knew. He pointed at that people. He's like, just relax. I got this. <laughs> and he's probably like, relax. Okay, nobody wanted to fight this guy. Now that I'm cutting off his head, you're all feeling sorry for him. He's a giant. He could take it. This is the book of Jason. That's what I'm preaching from. So what are, we, what, what are we seeing from this? We're seeing that at some point he was anointed and then sent back into the field, sent back into that same grungy place, and then, told, and then put on a mission and said, go take some bread to your brothers. Not realizing that just a little bit down the road he was going to defeat Goliath. And one of the most talked about 
and preached on scriptures in the Bible. See, and maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that's you where you're being sent on a mission and you're in the path right now where you're like, but God, what in the world do you have for me? This ain't leading to where you promised me. We're singing about the promises of God this morning. We're singing about all these beautiful things, which is amazing, by the way, because it's going with everything I'm, I'm speaking about. That's how good God is. Amen. But we're, we're singing on it, we're, 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 and, but we're stuck. We're still in the same place. Why? We just did a month, an entire month of fasting and good works and getting into the word, but I'm still here. We're hearing uh, Minister Lee and, and, and Josh, and they're preaching on um, how this is the year of the blessing, and yet we're still here. Where's my blessing, God? We see just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor George um, and, uh, did this beautiful series where he got all you all involved, and you saw the beauty of this, but yet we're still here. So what is this, God? Maybe, just maybe... You're on the roads of defeating your Goliath. I'm sorry. I just feel that's for somebody this morning. Maybe you're stuck there, man. Maybe you're in the same position that you find yourself over and over again. But God is trying to tell you, I got something for you. My promises are not weak. They're not lies. This year, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this up, but I know, I know we're cold, right? Some of us are cold, so I'm going to get you guys home early. I promise. 29 more minutes. No, I'm kidding. This year, we, well, this is every year. If you've been a part of this church for the last couple of years, you know that every year we try to choose one word for our ear, right? Have, any, have you guys been participating in that? Some of you, all of you? Good. And a lot of times, that one word, if you've done this a, a once or twice, that it transforms in like 80 different ways throughout the entire year. Like, and, and God starts really breaking you down. That one word keeps smacking you in the face over and over again. This year, God gave me two words. Say, uh-oh. That's what I thought. My two words, and I'm a, here's my two words. I don't know what yours are. Mine was faith and preparation. Say, uh-oh. Right? I got those two words and I became immediately sad. <laughs> Everyone's like, what a great month of fasting I had. January was awesome. And I'm here like, <laughs> depression. And I go and my wife forces me to go get prayer. And it was the most amazing thing. And, and, and Lee and, and Gretchen gave me these amazing words. But I kept hearing, but something's going to happen to you. <laughs> so get ready. You're going to go through a storm. And I'm like, oh. Woe is me, kicking rocks. And I'm like, God, what am I going to go through right now? So to the point that one day, a couple of weeks ago, I actually became so sad and so physically sick from being like um, stressed and sad that I actually took a day off of work. Okay, and I stood home and I said, God, I'm going to take this day off because I need to hear from you. I need to know what's going to happen in my life. I need you to talk to me. I need you to prepare me right now. I don't want to wait. Remember? I want to know the ending right now. I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know right now. I need to know. I need to feel your love right now. And God told me, you know something? Do you know why I gave you the word faith? And I said, no, God. He goes, because you don't trust me. Because if you did, you wouldn't believe that I'm, I have a storm for you. You know why I gave you the word preparation? I said, no, God. Because maybe I need you to prepare for the blessing that I have for you. 
and I and broke me immediately right there and I said, Wow. God had to remind me, though, let me tell you, the storm does, doesn't stop coming. I still need I need I still need to build you. But what I have is something beautiful for you this year. And I need you to prepare for it. And I need you to trust in me. I got some things going on in my life, family. Some things that I'm not going to talk about, but some things that I have no control over. It's like the snow. I can't, I can't stop it from coming. So what is real love? That's what I'm asking. Is real love encouraging words? A pat on the back, maybe? Sure. Is real love provision through thick and thin? Yeah. But most of all, real love is realistic. It won't always be easy, but I'll get you through kind of love. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 29, very popular, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and I will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. You see, this started off and I, and I remember when, when Pastor George asked me to, to, um, to preach. It, was, it started off one direction and ended up going a different direction. I feel like this is kind of part two from the last time I preached. I preached on enjoying and, and smiling and, and, and loving the storm, right? And loving the, 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 your, your circumstance. I feel like this is part two, but I feel like this, the difference is that God is going to do something in some of you guys this morning. I feel like that the light is just right there. You know how they say the light at the end of the tunnel? I feel like your season of Babylon, those 70 years, is coming to an end. And there's a blessing that's going to come down. And we've been preaching that blessing over and over. Pastor George talked about it a couple of weeks ago, how there's an expiration date. And I feel like it's coming. You see, I've never, ever been through a snowstorm where at one point the snow didn't stop. I've never been through a storm that at some point, at the very end of it, that the sun didn't come out and shine. I've never been through a snowstorm that at some point it was so warm that the snow started to melt. I've never been through a storm that at some point the snow was completely gone. I've never been through a storm that didn't eventually pass. This morning, if you're going through your storm, I want to encourage you that your blessing is near. That the sun is about to come out and shine, and I feel that so strongly for this year and this season. And I prophetically say right now that some of you are going through and some of you need a blessing and God's saying it's there. Prepare for it and trust in me. For I know the plans that I have for you. See, now you can hear that. Now you can talk about the plans that God has for you. Because you understand that you had to go through something first. You understand that God had to give you some, some waiting time. 
If you're like David, God had to send you back into the field and, and prepare a little bit more. If you're like David, he had to send you to go take some bread to people first. If you're like, if you're like these people in Jeremiah, you had to wait for 70 years for, before God can come back and, and give you that blessing. But God is saying it's time. This morning, I'm not going to do an altar call where I have you come to the front and have people pray for you because God wanted me to do something just a little bit different this morning. And if you would allow me, I want to do it. This morning is going to require a little bit of faith and a whole lot of receiving. But this morning, God's going to bring a peace over your life. A peace that surpasses your understanding and that gets you ready for the blessing. Not, the, not just the storm, but the blessing. This morning, I want all of you to rise with me. And just like a child, sometimes when a child wants to get picked up, they do this, right? This is the ultimate, ultimate vision of surrendrance and receiving. Come, get me, 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 get me. Do this. Father God, right now, I pray your peace upon your congregation. Jesus' name right now, Father God, we ask you to come down, Lord. Peace, pour down peace right now upon your congregation, upon your family. Lord, we pray right now, bills paid. Our children in your hands, our circumstances in your hands, our relationships in your hands. Our shortcomings are in your hands. In the midst of the storm right now, we stop and we thank you. Peace right now in Jesus' name. See, now you can hear it. Now you can hear verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. This morning... Understand that blessings are there, but you have to reach. You have to get it. And this is why you're in surrenderance mode right now. This is why you're here right now, surrendering and in position to receive. Because God's saying, you want it, come get it. You want it, come and get it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God you know a lot we've been hearing our church about giants and giants and giants and what I thought was I saw like Jack and a beanstalk you know how we hear we got to face a giant but I heard the Lord real, real loud in the back say wake up oh sleeping giants for us to wake up it's our season now to take what's ours 
It's not a season where God has promised us to take, take back what, what the enemy has tried to stolen from us. You know, we're in a season now where God is going to do what he promised. We're waiting for something new. We're waiting for something new to happen. But we have to look back at what God already promised us already. And we have not seen it come to pass. Now we're going to see those things come to pass. God has given us the tools and preparing us all this time for us to get what belongs to us. To come into that blessed season in our lives. So just like Jason um, preached about today, we've been going through a journey where we have seen nothing. Going through journeys of, of struggles and frustration. But we're walking into a season of peace now. A season of peace right now. Don't worry about the next step. Don't worry about the fall that's going to come. Don't worry about the problems that are laid. Don't worry about doing the things over and over. The same thing going to happen. Let that go today. Let that go today. And wake up. Not in a negative way, but wake up. And realize what God is about to do in our lives. He's about to bring on the promises of God. The promises he made in his word. The promises he spoke in our ears. The promise, the silent voice we heard in our hearts when we were in the, in the room crying out and, and nothing seemed to work. But in that, that moment, a peace came in our hearts and said, everything's going to change now. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be in your favor. So I just want to encourage you that it's not over, that we are about to enter into blessings. No matter what your circumstance looks like. I know I got my own circumstance and my family got our own stuff that we're dealing with. But it's all coming to an end now. It's all coming to an end. And it's coming for such a time as this. Raised us up all this time. All the beatdowns we got. All the falling on our faces. All the mistakes we made. It's all for a purpose. Now who wants to see that purpose come to pass? What's the reason for all this? We like, like Jason said, we don't know the answer. We want to know the answers right off the back. But how many want to experience what God is about to do because of all the stuff we've been through, right? So I just encourage you today to just hold on. We're about to enter into blessings.